every day. Every day. Every day. I will spend time with God. I will pray. I will pray. 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 I will pray. I will be holy. I will be holy. 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 I will be holy. I will be holy. I will fulfill God's purpose for me and my generation. My generation. My generation. I will fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose for my generation. For me and my generation. My generation. I will live the vow. All right. Go ahead and give a holy kiss to the person next to you. Holy kisses everywhere. It's biblical. It says greet each other with a holy kiss. I'd like to see some holy kissing. We are a biblical community. We are committed to righteousness. I see so many people embarrassed right now. Wondering, is anybody going to kiss me? All right. All right, good. Did you guys enjoy retreat? Yeah, it was great. It's good. We're talking about uh, living the vow in these first few weeks here. We're hitting each... Thursday night on an element of the vow. Tonight I want to talk on consecrated heart a little bit. I'm going to come at it at a little bit of a crazy angle. Um, but when you're a preacher, you've got to develop new angles just to make it fun. So this will be a good time. And um, we, did, we did a little bit about loving God a few weeks ago and God loving us. And then we talked about prayer last week. Some of the myths that people believe tonight. I want to talk a little bit about evil like the devil. So we're going to talk about consecrated heart tonight. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us to be the men and women of God that you've called us to be. I pray for each furnaceite that's here, that's decided to follow Jesus, that has given everything, laid down their life, and chosen to follow you. God, we ask that you would help us to shine like stars in a wicked generation. God, we don't take that as mere words on a page. We want it to be our testimony. We want it to be our lives. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you would cause your word to come alive in us tonight. Let things that are written in the Bible be written on our hearts. We want our hearts to believe this and our lives to demonstrate it. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7, Solomon writing, you know it well, he's the wisest man that ever lived. And so then he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Wisest man ever lived says, do not be wise in your own eyes. The one that God supernaturally gave wisdom to because God liked it when he humbly asked to help people, he gave him wisdom. And for Solomon, he writes, Solomon writes, do not be wise in your own eyes. That's hard to do when you're Solomon. And you know that you're the wisest man on the earth because supernaturally God made you that way. God says, do not be wise in your, eye, uh, in your own eyes. But then it says, fear the Lord. Let me turn this down a little bit. This is kind of ringing in my ears. Fear the Lord. And this is the one I want you to get tonight. And shun evil. Shun evil. Fear the Lord and shun evil. The New King James Version says, depart from evil. Which I like depart because depart sounds permanent. Depart from evil. The message says run from evil. And I like that. Because run from evil sounds present tense. Run from evil sounds like I'm going to run from evil today. Depart from evil sounds like I've made a permanent decision. But I chose to go with the NIV tonight because shun evil sounds ticked off. (laughs) Shun evil sounds like I hate it. Puke it. Makes me ill. It's a disease. Disgusts me. When I look at it, I wrinkle my nose and puke. Shun it. I want to shun evil. So when I hear shun evil, 
I think of a present tense, ticked off, get out of my face, I hate it. Shun evil. You and I know that living in a wicked culture, which we do, and we all know that as we continue to progress towards Jesus' return, there's going to be more and more of a victorious church that chooses to be radiant and holy, but there's also going to be more people that choose immorality. There's going to be more godlessness. If you read Revelation, it becomes really clear. The hot gets hotter and the cold gets colder. So, more and more they'll become a chasm where culturally morality won't necessarily be the norm. And more and more, the church is going to have to shine bright in the midst of a wicked and depraved generation. It's just the way that it's going to be. Read Revelation. And when I think about this idea of shunning evil, I think about the conversations that most of us have. You're 21, give or take a few years. Right now, when it comes to evil. Right now, when it comes to your life and your journey. And a lot of times, here's the thing. A lot of people look at it, and in a pragmatic way, they're saying, hey, I want to look at practically on my life, let's talk evil talk. So we can talk spiritual talk all day long, but hey, talk to me about evil, talk to me about sin, talk about this in a pragmatic way. And here's what they're usually asking. It's the question that you always ask your youth pastor during Q&A when you were a teenager. How far is too far? You know, maybe it's in dating. Hey, youth pastor. Uh, great sermons about loving Jesus, nice stuff about being filled with the Holy Spirit, good stuff about being missional, having a plan for your life, great stuff about how the Holy Spirit transformed me, that's yeah, so, so all good, but hey, when it comes down to my actual life, I got a question, can I kiss her? How far is too far? Well, I got a real question. When it comes to entertainment, how many times can I watch rated R movies every week, see nudity, put uh, just a flood of violence in my head, and call it okay because everybody's doing it? Hey, I got a question. How, how much can I exaggerate and it not be a lie? You know, how much can I cheat and still go to heaven? You know, I mean, you know, well, there's a little bit of cheating. There's about, I mean, scantrons. It's just scantrons. You know, I mean, maybe it said B, maybe C. I don't know. It's just a little bit. How much? How far is too far? Where do you draw the line? There's a blurred concept. There's a, hey, let's put evil into a spectrum and call some of it okay because of how many people in our culture are presently doing it. And let me fall on the spectrum somewhere. And as long as I fall ahead of where those evil people like the devil, those horrible people, then I feel good about myself. I accept where I'm at and I'll call myself Christian, Christian. I feel all right about myself. And I just want to talk to you tonight because realistically at the core of that question, how far is too far? How much can I get away with? It's like spiritual suicide. At the core... It's saying, hey, I would like to destroy my spiritual journey before I ever get started. It's spiritual suicide. It's kind of like, if I were to take this cup and say, let's fill this up with gasoline. Let me fill my physical body. You think this would kill me? I'll tell you what. Maybe I should try this one. Matt Timmermeyer, you know, big man. He's a little bigger than you, drinking a whole pitcher. <laughs> what if I filled up a whole pitcher? Drank gasoline. Would that kill me? What if, I, what if I got 
the gas can and drank a gallon. Would that kill me? How about if I just stuck the gas hose up to my mouth and drank it out of the hose? How would that do? What if I swallowed a match? Would that kill me? Stupid! The very nature of the illustration, you're giggling because you're going, retarded, idiot, I can't even fathom that illustration because that's just the dumbest person alive to do something like that. I can't even connect with it. It's the same concept as saying, how much sin can I put into my spiritual life and still live? Same idea. And you guys are going to be heralders to the next generation of how to follow hard after God. And I want to get into your heart so clean and so clear not the question of what can I get away with and still be okay. But I want this actual wrinkled nose, ticked off, Proverbs 3, shun evil. Hate it. Hate it. Ugh. Makes me sick thinking about it. Don't want it. We want to try to get that as deep into our spirit as we possibly can. Every time that you say, well, I'm going to use the grace of God as a license for immorality and engage in this sin because I know that ultimately God will forgive me. Every time you do that, you're just saying, here's my heart. Demonic activity, come and get me. Hey, addictions, here you go. Hey, you know, there's all kinds of scriptures. Just read straight through the Psalms. All kinds of blessings on the righteous. I'm going to forego some of those blessings because I'm so eager to engage in sin. Here you go, devil. Come and get me. Come on. Hey, I'm opening up my spirit to more attack from the enemy because I'm going to engage in the lusts of the age. Here you go. I'm yours. Which the rebuttal comes back, no, 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 David, 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 no, 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 no. If I engage in those, I can premeditate that I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to premeditate that I'm going to ask God for forgiveness, and then it's going to be okay. Wrong. That is actually the lie that in the book of Jude we read about. Where he says, certain men with bad ideas who are going to distort grace have entered into your midst. And I'm telling you, it's alive and well today. We do not go, oh, well, I'll choose to engage in it and then I can always ask God to forgive me. That will destroy you because here's what that is at the core. What can I get away with? How much sin can I possibly have how much can I engage in? Still be all right. It is the complete opposite of all the red letters we read in the Gospels. The man Jesus, who is God, today talked very differently than that idea. Because in that whole line of questioning, in that whole philosophy of thinking, it says, at my core, what I really want, even more than God, is sin. It's what I want. It's me. That's what I really want. So how do you and I become the tribe that says, no, at my core, I want Jesus. At my core, I want to shun, shun evil. 
How do I get there? Proverbs 3 is pretty cool. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Fear the Lord. Fear God. Fear the Lord. It's hard for us to imagine fearing the Lord right now. We've got so much intentional, intellectual confusion so that we can justify not fearing God. We go, I don't get the whole fear thing. But if you read the Bible straight through, fearing God is massive. Fear the Lord. Fear God. What that means is, oh my, he's holy, he's big, he's awesome, he endures forever, he rules. Hell is real and hot. Eternity's a long time. God is big. Yai, 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 yai. What I do matters. Say, well, no, David, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if God's really going to bring that kind of judgment on me. And after all, it's maybe Old Testament ideas that, that I need to fear God. Read the New Testament. Read it. Read Revelation. Put fear in you. Read about a little New Testament story in the book of Acts. A New Testament story about Ananias and Sapphira. God kills them. That'll mess with you. Shabam! They lied. What's a lie? Pow! God kills people in Acts. Holy Moses. Fear God. He is big. And so the secret here is pretty simple. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Proverbs 8.13 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 8.13. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Because when you begin to fear the Lord... When there is a weightiness in your heart when you think upon God, enables you to resist, to hate, to shun the things that are the absence of him. Proverbs 14, 16. A wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil, but a fool is hot-headed and reckless. Men's accountability, read that. Proverbs 16, 6. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. You want to avoid evil? How? Fear of the Lord. Fear God. Psalm 97.10. Let those who love the Lord hate. That's a strong word for David. That's a strong word for the Psalms. Hate. Hate. Hate evil. I just know, living in our culture, the temptation is not to use this kind of language. The temptation is to not be so dogmatic that you hate sin, hate evil, but that you medicate it, we talk about it, we treat it like it's a pet that will never go away and irritates us. But we need a vision our own hearts to be persons that fear God and in our gut hate evil. So the temptation is to put one foot in the world 
one foot in the God camp, try to prove to yourself that your other foot isn't really in the world. Try to convince yourself that you got enough percentage in the God camp to be okay. But the heart of the song we sang earlier, I won't relent till I've had it, till I've had it, till I have it all, till I have all of God, is that's not good enough for the Christian, the Christian. Christ means anointed one. Ian, Christine is little Christ. That's not good enough for the little anointed ones. That's the furnace, little anointed ones. Come on, church. I want you to catch in your heart as you spend hours before the Lord in these prayer meetings. Not a self-righteous, I'm an intercessor and you're not. Not a, oh God, you should give me that girlfriend because I've been praying all semester long. Not any of those things, but as you pray, as you spend time before God, night after night after night, a reverent, holy fear fills your heart. And in the fear of the Lord, you begin to hate evil. You begin to hate it. Shun it. Shun evil. And you get out of the church kid sweet culture. Sweet culture that comes in here, goes to church, sings, reads the Bible, top of your lungs, hands up, then you go into the murky waters of normal week where there's slander on our tongues. We fill our brains with all kinds of godless media. And the media things, I want to hit on this. I know I've been hitting on this hard this semester, but here's, here's why. The media is not in itself morally good or morally bad. The problem is is that the majority of the media that most of us are consuming is filled with sexual perversion, with violence, godlessness. And it's interesting to me that it's so tolerated. I'm shocked by it. And that's why I keep hitting on it. Because it's one of those things where I think of Jesus... We're here today, we would be caught off guard how much we consume it and how much he hates it and how much we don't. You can't tell me that Jesus would sit around night after night like so many average college students, Christian college kids, hanging out, doing nothing, watching movies that are filled with nudity, sex scenes, Taking God's name in vain. You just can't. I don't care how hard you argue it. I won't buy it. We'd just be shocked. And I think it's something that we're on the verge of a holy revolution against it. At least I'm praying for that. You know, you love the holy holy revolt against abortion. It's right. Revolt and it's wrong in our culture. But I believe that God is stirring 20-year-olds 
that have been discipled by media since they were three, that graduated from one program to the next to the next, watched MTV throughout high school, now you're in your college years, and you watch godless things night after night, and it doesn't even affect you. I'm praying and I'm asking God for some in this tribe to get wholly disgusted with what's ripping apart our generation. It is not the media in itself. It's what's contained in the majority of it. And there's a fight and there's a stigma to it. Because you come against that and people get mad because they like that TV show. They like that movie and they like that entertainment and you're messing with it. And people will fight you. They'll ticked off that you're talking about it. Which only goes to show how far Jesus is from our hearts and how much we want our idols. We want to consume those things. We want to place our brain on standstill over and over and over again and just consume Say it again, I'm not, I'm not saying every single show and every, I'm not saying that. But I do sit with college kid after college kid and I know. I know people go out afterwards, it's 10 o'clock, we go over to someone's house, we watch yet again sexual perversion over and over again. Maybe there's a tribe that rises up and shuns it. Enough's enough. I mean, after all, we could have learned something from the generation before us. Maybe we'll go their way. My prayer is that in these prayer meetings, they drive you to worship God and to fear God so much that you start going to making pre-decision decisions. Here's what I mean by that. Choices. Ahead of time, before you enter into the sinful war zone, choices that go, I'm not going there. I've already made a predecision decision. I've already made a choice. And in the holy moment of the prayer meeting, you make the choice and you make the resolve before God. You talk about it in your accountability group. You say, here's where I'm not going. We had a guy, he was in the furnace, came in the furnace, he had $30,000 of credit card debt. And it was eating him alive. He was, I mean, he was so buried, he didn't make a whole lot of money. He was working a dollar an hour job. And I just remember sitting at a coffee shop looking at him and say, let's attack, let's attack this. Let's make a pre-decision decision on how you're going to spend. Let's make a pre-decision decision on how you're going to live. And as crazy as it sounds, he decided move out of his house that he was renting with a friend. We got him a little piece of grass up at the YWAM base at the time. And he moved into a tent. I kid you not. He moved into the tent. He uh, got a uh, membership to 24-Hour Fitness. Showered in the mornings at 24-Hour Fitness. He actually ended up getting really buff during this time. Showered there. 
And the intention was to get out of debt, but he said he would get to his tent in the evening. He had no television, no electricity. You know, want to know the season where he went deep in God? In his tent, one summer. He knocked out $12,000 worth of debt, one shot. Just a little ticked off. I just, I want to get practical, and I, want, I, don't, I don't want this to be a, I want you to think. I want this to not just be like a, a, a holy moment service. I want you to think practically in your own life. You know, a kid in the furnace confessed. He said, you know what, I just fight and lust, and I don't even like, I don't even like going, you know, all my friends who go rent movies all the time. He's like, I don't even like going in there because the movie store is like just filled with, I mean, just the pictures on front of the DVD. He said, well, why go? I don't know. Everybody, well, well what, what would happen if you just made a vow? You're just never going to go in. Never going to go in. Not just stop. Not watch the movies. Not go in. Eight years later, and he's never gone into a blockbuster. I love that. You go, ah, I don't know, it's kind of legalism. Is it? That's what everybody says. Pull the legalism card. I can imagine Jesus looking at these people that are shunning evil and going, legalist! Why did you do so much righteousness? Don't you know my grace would have covered you to go in and sin, little boy? Kidding me? We've stopped asking the question, how much can I get away with? Mystery, but I remember this missionary, and we'd have times where we'd all just be hanging out. And this missionary, he was, um, was going to go work in Takalakistan or Wakabigistan, I don't know. One of the stands, Turkmenistan? Yeah, anyway, one of those, cool. And, um, and uh, so he's spending some time with us. And, and, the, and you know, you got, you got teenagers. You know, we had 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds. and There'd be frequent times where the conversation would be a little negative about the circumstance. A little bit of slander sets in. And we spent two weeks in inland China with this guy. And uh, as we're not denying this cat, and I remember being so moved because this guy was sad, it was so uh, life-giving. He was a worship leader. He would lead in prayer. He would encourage the kids. He was probably 35, 40, which at the time I thought old. Now it seems young. But he, he was just, just great. And every time that the conversation would go negative or slanderous, he'd go silent or he'd walk away. And you, you deal with this kind of like, who do you think you are? And then you go, he's shunning evil and he's, he's beckoning me to righteousness by his lifestyle. It is Christianity. Christianity is not a bunch of people sitting in a room going, well, who do you think you are? And what do you No, 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 no. The core of the Christian, the little Christ, the little anointed ones are saying, how much can I give? How holy can I be? I want not to ask the question, how little can I get away with? How much can I get away with and still go to heaven? How little righteousness can I do and still make it into the pearly gates past St. Peter? 
No, the Christian is saying, I'm in love with a real God. He is holy. He is real. I am going to stand before him one day. Heaven is eternal. Hell is eternal as well. And hot. A long time. I want to fear God and I want to hate, shun, spit upon, be disgusted by evil. But another kid, real practical thing. I remember he made a, a deal with another one of his buds. They just said over the Thanksgiving break, it was the freshman year of college, freshman year of college. You know what? When I go home, here's the temptations I'm going to have. And they talked about the high school girlfriend and the old gang getting together just to hang out and watch movies every night. So this cat decided, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be really intentional at connecting with my friends. But I'm going to stay away from the old girlfriend. I'm going to not watch the, the, the movies. I'm going to pray like this. I'm going to read the scriptures like this. And the guy who was scared to death at Thanksgiving break was going to send him into a downward spiral of sin made a pre-decision decision on how he was going to live, and he walked out of Thanksgiving break, I mean, ready to go after it in the prayer meetings when he got back. You go, well, legalism. Well, I can tell you this. If he didn't make the pre-decision decision, chances are he got messed up in his old relationship. I'd have probably kicked him out. He'd have probably wasted the break. You with me? Predecision decision. You can't, and, and, and it's not like a spiritual beauty pageant where you're showing off to your accountability group. If that's in you, then confess that, repent of that, and get clean of that. But it is looking saying, brothers, I've prayed a thousand prayers. I want to be transformed. Help me have a pragmatic plan in some of these areas that I'm so given to give in to temptation. Have a plan for your body. Have a plan for your mind. Have a plan in your relationships. You know? When you're dating someone, write it down. Have a plan. This is what we will not do. Write it down. Joe and Annalise got married recently. They wouldn't even kiss each other on the lips. I think they got the forehead and the chin and the <laughs> cheek quite a bit. But anyway, let's <laughs> do their counseling. Like they're not kissing. They're like, all over the face. Anyway, so, but they held the line on the lips, that's for sure. But I love that because you know what that's in them? That's what they're saying. We're going to hold the line. And I can guarantee you significant help. Predecision decision. I want to be holy. Good. I want to seek your face. Good. Holy Spirit, come fill me. Good. Now, help me to shun evil. Shun it. I want, I mean, like, there's, 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 there's guys that instead of being allured by the billboard or being allured, like Proverbs talks about, you know, the the lust-filled woman that allures the guy. There are guys, men, look at me. There are men that have prayed long enough, shunned it long enough, 
that it actually disgusts them. It is possible. You can win. You can overcome. It is possible. Got to just keep shunning day after day after day. Have a pragmatic plan that goes, I'm not going there. I love the great Methodist missionary to India. His name was E. Stanley Jones. He said it this way. We are allergic to sin. I just like that. We're allergic to sin. Not true for most of us, but it's where we want to be. It's ugh. Just yuck. It's the question they ask Renata and I every time we check in our kids in the nursery. Do they have any allergies? I'm going to be like, yeah, they're allergic to sin. <laughs> My Brit Hancock answer. They're allergic to sin. Dawson will be embarrassed. and be like, oh, God. He'll probably tell it one day. We're going to hear what my dad used to say. Sorry. <laughs> Get this. God will help you shun evil. It's not on your own strength. Write this down. The Holy Spirit will make you holy. I know that sounds hard. Most of us, though, we think being filled with the Holy Spirit means power and some kind of reaction where we go nuts or something or we're able to see visions or... No, but the Holy Spirit named himself well. You with me? He's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you be holy. It's not just your own strength. You... By saying yes to the finished work of Jesus on the cross and saying, I want the Holy Spirit alive in me, have a supernatural helper that will come and help you be holy. It's not just, watch me, I'm going to not do blah, blah, blah. The Holy Spirit. And so, one of the things that I've learned in my own life is ter- in, 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 the, in that process, it's not like a one-time Come, Holy Spirit, make me holy. I'm the holy one now. But a daily interaction with God, where you go into every situation, and you know your temptations, you know the things that frustrate you. So you're, you're walking into the gathering, and you're having a conversation with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me be holy. Holy Spirit, help me shun evil. Holy Spirit, there is Matt Timmermeyer, I can't stand him in my own flesh. Help me to love him, Holy Spirit. All right, here we go. David's about to preach. I can't stand the way that he always screams and talks so long. Help me to love him. Holy Spirit, help me be holy. Holy Spirit, there's that person. That, whole, that person brings out the worst in me. That, uh, uh, help me, help me. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you have a pre-decision decision, if you've, made, if you've already made the choice, this is where I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm not going to do. Can I be honest with you? Do you know how much it helps you in the moments? If you've already made the decision, if you've already locked it in, it's a choice. It's easier in the midst of, of the moment for you. The Holy Spirit, a real person, will help you be holy, to shun evil. And the last thing is I want you to get this. God doesn't command us to do something that he doesn't give us the enabling grace to do. He doesn't say, be holy, 
Shun evil all through the Old Testament. Shun evil, shun evil if, you're not, if he doesn't give you the enabling grace to do it. You all know it well, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So no matter how many times in your accountability groups there's the person that's broken, hurting, feeling like they just aren't able to overcome, this is alive in our spirit. Greater is he that is in you. Christ in you, hope of glory, alive in you. Christ in you will help you to shun. And the thing I want you to understand is I want, I want this to be some, I want this to be a part of our language as a furnace tribe. I want you to look at each other and call each other to this. When you're in your, when you're in your accountability groups, freedom, license, permission granted to say, we're going to shun evil. Shun that. And they'll say, but I just feel this and this. You look at me, shun it. But I'm just so, shun it. Shun evil. Get it. Lock it in. All right? God gives you the strength. The Holy Spirit will help you be holy. Make pre-decision decisions. Make choices ahead of time. Some of you will make choices this year. That as you end up leading in whatever local churches across America that you end up leading in, there'll be choices that you'll make a resolve this year in a little tribe of radicals that call you to it that 10 years from now, you'll still be living. But until you had the person in the group that said, here's where I'm going, and the immediate reaction is, that's like so extreme, man. That's so ideal. Until that person starts going after that target. And two weeks turns into three weeks. Three weeks turns into four. And then you start to be challenged. And you say, I'm going there too. And years turn into more years. And you go, you know what? I can shun evil. It is possible. God will give you the grace. God will give you the strength. God will give you the power. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to do it. It's my prayer for you. Instead of asking the question, well, is it okay? Just go. Ugh. Sick. Yuck. Puke. Because that's actually God's response. And we want God's response. Right? We want to see like he sees. It's real pretty when we just sing it. When we start talking about some of these real things, about seeing it like he sees it, sometimes it gets kind of messy. Mess with your life. Shun evil. Shun evil. Fear the Lord. Shun evil. To fear the Lord is to shun evil. It's possible. It's possible. Stand with me. I love you guys. I'm proud of you. I want to pray for you. Come on down here. Everybody comes. St. Church. We're going to do two things. First, I want to pray for you. Um, that the Holy Spirit will make you holy. The Holy Spirit will help you say no. Titus 2, it says that it's the, the grace of the Lord Jesus helps us say no to ungodliness. Okay? So if you have a, an idea of grace that causes you to be okay wherever you're at, 
Go read Titus 2, memorize it. The grace of God helps us to say no. The, the end, where we want to go, is we really do want to, when Jesus said, you know, Matthew 5, 48, when he goes, aim for perfection, be perfect as I am perfect. That's not sinless perfection. We're talking about, I have a desire in my heart to aim at 100%. All God. Everything. And where, where, where this leads us, it's not a response to a talk, but the whole idea tonight for me is to plant a seed that goes into accountability groups that creates a whole lot of conversation. That goes, I need help. I want to shun evil, and this thing is in my life, and if I'm honest, I don't hate it. I don't want to spit on it. When I think of it, I have feelings of desire to go back to it rather than to hate it. If if we get two things, one, if we'll pray, Holy Spirit, supernaturally, I want your strength. And then two, we say, and God, I make a resolve, I'm going to shun evil. And then three, we go, and marvelous comrade, i.e. accountability leader, person in my group, help me. Help me. I'm, you know, addicted to the buffet. Gluttony consumes me. Whatever it is, you know. I'm addicted to this. I can't stop, whatever. I pray if you just put out your hands like this. Holy Spirit, make us holy. Holy Spirit, I pray that there would be a present tense irritation towards evil. Now. Not something that we leave at the prayer center or an accountability group or we leave at Starbucks for a quiet time and then go live how we want during the day. But God, we want to be repulsed by sin. We want to do it God's way. We want a holy God to make us holy. We want to shun evil. We want to shun it. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us. I pray for divine intervention. Pray that even as we wait on you here for a few moments, that you would speak that you would lead, that you would guide, and that we would see very real things that are real areas of pride, yeah. lust, greed, perversion, apathy, anger, bitterness. And God, we want a holy hatred of those things. We want to push those things out. We want to make choices that demonstrate the words that we sing and the words that we pray. We want to make choices, resolves. We're going to aim for them. We may fall down a hundred times, but we'll get up 101. Do a miracle in us tonight, God. 
I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to make us holy. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.